Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in Him. I've got my cup of coffee, my taste of San Antonio coffee. I'm really enjoying a cup today. Hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from. And that's what we do here on this podcast. We talk about the freedom that we already have in Jesus Christ. We shout that from the rooftops, and we drink a really, really good cup of coffee. So it's freedom in Christ and coffee. It's Jesus and coffee, and uh, we celebrate all of that. I hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. Well, we've been doing a series on addiction, and we're we're moving forward in that. I hope you've been able to to stay stay up to date with that. I want to continue on today because, you know, really, as we talked about last time, you know, what we believe and how we started this whole series off, what we believe really does make a difference in how we're approaching dealing with struggles, dealing with temptation, dealing with ongoing flesh patterns that we have. Uh, belief really is the key. And by faith, as the Spirit continues to reveal, we we have to know that we can choose to trust what Christ says is true, even though we don't feel it, even though we're not always acting on it, that we can we can believe that. And so I've titled this today, How, how Do You See Yourself?, because again, how how you see yourself and what you believe about yourself makes all the difference in the world with regards to uh, with regards to dealing with unwanted behaviors. Uh, the prison door is open, if you will. The prison door has been open for Christians at the moment of salvation, and yet we choose to stay in the prison door because sometimes we may believe that the door is still locked and that we'll never be free. And that God's kind of mildly ticked off at us, and He's disgusted with us, and He wants nothing to do with us. He's just waiting for us to get our act together. And so we believe all these kinds of lies about the door may never be open, or that God hasn't taken this away from me, or that He's just ticked off, or that, and we start to internalize that and make it about ourselves too, and and believe that we are just a sinner, we're just an addict, we're just going to deal with this for the rest of our lives. And yet, freedom is there. Freedom is is already in you. You've got Christ in you. And so, you know, we that's that's what I want to talk about today because how you see yourself, which is identity, because identity is what Jesus has done and accomplished for us to give us a new spiritual, new creation, spiritual DNA at the core of who we are. But if we still believe that we're something other than what God says about us, then only one is wrong, and it's not God. (laughs) But if we're believing that, we're living out of a view of ourselves, an identity, a false identity, that God doesn't love me, I'm just a sinner, I'm just an addict, this is just going to be my lot in life for the rest of my life. If that's how we continue to view ourselves, we're going to go in those directions. So the work that God wants to do in your life is transforming beliefs, renewing your mind. He's already changed you at the core. You've already been changed, and he's He's not necessarily looking to take away a behavior. He's looking to transform your beliefs. He wants you to trust Him. He wants you to depend on Him. So how we view ourselves, I mean, it, a lot of it comes from our theology that we've been told. Some of it, some of it does. Well, you're just, you just got to go out there and improve yourself. You're missing something. You're lacking something. Okay, I always believed I was missing something. I was missing freedom. I, I didn't have what it was. Ta- I didn't have what it took to, to get free, because I was basing it on what I was doing or not doing and what I was being told to do. Some, some of us were basing it on our feelings. We're basing it on how we feel today. If I don't feel like a new creation, well, then I must not be a new creation. If I don't feel like I'm dead to sin, as we talked about last time, well, I, I must not be dead to sin. Some of us base it on our experiences. 
Well, our experiences tell us that, well, maybe God doesn't love me that much. He doesn't care about me. I've had a really bad deal in life. Uh, and so I've been rejected a lot. I've been, I've been, I've been, I've been, and we become the victim of our experiences. And so all of these can lead us to say, well, of course I'm not dead to sin. Of course I don't really think God cares about me. Of course I don't really feel free. We'd say that, right? (laughs) Uh, But here's the truth. We are not supposed to say that or believe that based on feelings, even experiences, and sometimes false theology or theology that's been told to us that's not true. Because no one got freed, set free by your feelings, and no one got set free by necessarily a a theological point of view. Jesus Christ is the only one that sets anyone free. Our feelings, our experiences, sometimes uh, the theology that we're given is going to tell us that we're very much alive to sin, that we're that we are still a sinner, that we are going to be an addict for the rest of our lives. And we, so many, this is why this is so important because so many are struggling and so mixed up in addiction and living in misery and despair and hopelessness because they're living out of the feelings, living, and they don't have a view of a godly view of themselves and what has happened at the core of who they are. And so I want to share a scripture. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. I've shared this before, but but you know, it's, it, you might be thinking, well, okay, scripture says this, that I'm dead to sin, that I'm alive to God, that I'm a new creation, that I'm not really, I'm, I'm, I'm fully free, um, but I still sin. Still have this besetting sin. I still have this life going, this life controlling struggle or this fleshly behavior. Well, this does happen, but again, it happens because we're still viewing ourselves by the flesh, which is not what God, how God views us. We're not viewing ourselves as being in Christ. Being in the flesh is not who we are. We're in Christ now. Here's a here's a really great verse, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11. And this is in the context now of talking about sexual freedom, sexual integrity. This is this whole chapter here. But he says, he's talking to believers, do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Notice that there's a really important word there, were, underline it in your Bible if you got it. That is what some of you were. Before Christ, that's who you were identified with. You were separated from God, you were greedy, you were drunker, you were a slanderer, you were a swindler, you were an adulterer, you were sexually immoral, all those things. That's who you were. You may not have known that before Christ, but that's who you were. That was your spiritual identity. You were in the flesh, but guess that's what you were. But here's what happened. You were washed. You were washed. This is already a done deal. You were sanctified. Sanctified simply means to be set apart. It's a holiness word. You are holy, in other words. You're set apart. You were justified. That's, that's the, the uh, declaration that you are declared not guilty. You're right. You, you are in right standing with God. Uh, and all of this has happened, what? Through the name of Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. This is what you were before Christ, but you're not a sexually immoral person. You're not an idolater. You're not an adulterer. You're not. No, because this ultimate life-changing transformation happened to you. This is your birthright as a child of God. 
It's the finished work of Christ did what it was supposed to do. It took you out of the realm of being in the flesh and it puts you in the spirit. But if we don't view Scripture this way, if we don't view the life that we have in Christ, then we still think we're still continuing to be washed. We're continuing to be justified. We're continuing to be sanctified. No, these things have already happened. And this is where 2 Corinthians 5, but we always read 2 Corinthians 5, 17. But here's an interesting verse before that. Okay, so this is verse 16, and then I'll read 17. It says, so what, what are we supposed to do with all this now that we just read that we're washed, we're sanctified, we're justified? It says here, therefore, from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. No one, that's unbeliever or believer, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him in this way no longer. Therefore, if, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. But do you get that? I think that verse, I need to start reading that to us as we're going through this, the one before, because he says, don't, don't view anybody by the flesh anymore. Because they're spiritual creatures. They're either an unbeliever dead in their sin or they're a believer dead to sin, alive to God. So we don't view anybody as by the flesh anymore. Why? And so then he says, therefore, so if you, so therefore, because that's true, if you're in Christ, you're a new creation. All that old who you used to be, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified. We shouldn't regard anybody according to the flesh, especially ourselves. So how do you see yourself? Do you still see yourself as, as being in the flesh? Do you still see yourself as being your, your, your identity, as your addiction, your struggle? We talked about Romans 6 last time. That God's done everything necessary to set you free from sin. Everything necessary. He's taken, he's taken you out of the realm of sin and put you in the realm of freedom, in the realm of Christ. He's done that. It's an accomplished fact. It's a done deal. Our response is, as we said last time, our response is to believe it. Our response is to, as Romans 6.11 says, count ourselves dead to sin and alive to God. If everything's been done, the only the only proper response is to believe it by faith. We believe what God says is true. That we believe, like Romans six six says, our old man was crucified, our old man was buried, our old man was 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 dead, and then a new man was resurrected with Christ. So experiencing this experiencing this how we view ourselves is through the Spirit revealing. We have a choice then of trusting what is true. We have to reconcile that because do I dare believe that I'm dead to sin? Maybe you ought to write these questions down. You can engage God with this this week. Do I dare believe that I've been fully set free from sin? Because it says it here in Romans 6, but I'm sure I'm not feeling it. My experiences aren't telling me. My track record sure hasn't been very good lately. So if that's what you're focused on, well, then, of course, you're going to still be living in the bondage of the lie. But the Spirit's revealing truth. He's revealing truth to you. Matt, you're set, you've are set. been set free from the power of sin. Matt, you're fully alive to me through Jesus Christ. Matt, I've done everything necessary to accomplish for your freedom. Now, do, will you dare believe that? And I pose that question to you. Will you dare believe it? And what is true of you? So how, we, how do we experience this truth? By faith, the Spirit reveals we trust we choose to trust by faith that it's true, and then transformation happens as renewing of our mind happens. I began to see myself the way God sees me. And not only just seeing me, but I began to believe and trust that what God accomplished both for me and to me and in me, the to me and in me are really the parts I didn't. I knew God had 
I knew Jesus died for my sins, and I was going to go to heaven someday, but I did not realize all of what happened at salvation, what he had done, that I was co-crucified, co-buried, and co-resurrected with Christ. I did not know that at the time. I did not know it. And so this is what's happened. This is what has happened. So if, as I began to, the Spirit was revealing always, the Spirit's always revealing, don't ever doubt that God's speaking. Don't ever doubt that, that your sin is too much for you to, for, for God to, 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 to do something about it. He's wrapping his arms around you right now and saying, let's do this together because I've already set you free from all of this. Don't ever doubt that he's caring for you, he's loving you, that he's provided everything necessary because when we doubt, that's what leads to the lie. Still, still accepting the lie as truth is what keeps us in bondage. So, so how, you, how I, I began to see myself differently, but also I began to believe that not only what he had done for me, but to me and in me, the whole two of new creation, the whole two of being, uh, being dead to the power of sin, the whole crew, and I was no longer in the flesh, that I was no longer partially free, that it was no longer up to me to figure this out, that I had everything I needed for life and godliness, that he had already changed me at the core of who I was. He began to reveal that, and I had to trust. And it was hard because I, lies, lies die hard. Lies die hard. Because we've accepted them as truth for so long. Maybe we've bought into a, th- a theology that's not true. A theology that for me was, God, may, yeah, maybe God loves me, but he's kind of ticked off at me and mildly disgusted with me. And, and he sure doesn't like me very much. He may love me because he has to because he's God, but he probably doesn't love me that much. And so, boy, I got to do what I need to do to get him back on my good side. To get back on his good side, I should say. And so... So I didn't realize what I fully had in Jesus. And so now we count on it. That's our choice. We count on it. We count on it that we've been crucified. We've been we've we've our old man's died. It's been buried. It's gone. We're no longer that's not who we were. We we were that person, but that's no longer who we are. And so now God wants to change how we see ourselves. Because we have the new self. We have the new creation. We have the new we already have this and he's going to renew our minds to the truth of who we are. We were in him when that happened. When we chose to trust Christ for salvation, we, yes, Jesus died 2,000 years ago on the cross. He was buried, he was resurrected. But when we chose to, get, to trust Christ for salvation, we were crucified. We were dead. We, our old man was dead. Our old man, old identity of being a slanderer, of being an adulterer, of being all that was dead, buried, and crucified, and then raised up as what? A new creation in him. The old has gone, as 2 Corinthians 17, 517 says. The new is here. I'm not saying this is easy to believe because it's sure, yes, it doesn't feel right. We're not acting on it. But again, do we believe that the Jesus on the cross and resurrection was enough if we believe that for salvation, what is our choice now to believe in this freedom journey? We believe that at some point for salvation. We trusted and believe that, that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. The only way we would believe that is because the Spirit revealed that to us. At some point, as, as Revelation says, Jesus was standing at the door of our heart, knocking on the door of our heart, and says, will, will you let me in? And at some point, the Spirit revealed it, and you chose to believe it. You chose to trust it. 
Now, what's our choice? Our, our choice is he's in us. He's not knocking at the door anymore. He's in us, but he's still wooing us. He's still wooing us to believe that we, our old self, was crucified, buried, and that we were raised up as a new creation. And that's who you are now. You're a new creation, brother and sister in Christ. We need to have a, I would say we need to have a funeral for our old identity. Maybe that's what you need to do this week. Maybe you've never thought of it that way, but you need to have a funeral for your old identity because it's dead and gone. And when you're tempted by, and remember, the flesh is not your old man. The old man's dead and gone. We've been told to crucify the old man or still get rid of the old man or die to the old man or die to self or whatever. But no, all that's dead and gone. What's coming at us is still the flesh. And we've talked about that. Go back to those episodes. Okay, but we need to have a funeral (laughs) and celebrate, actually celebrate at this funeral that the old man, the old self is dead and gone and buried forever. Let me say that again. The old self, the old man is dead and gone and buried forever. And so now you're the new self. Whether you believe, the, the longer it takes for you to believe that and catch up to what, which for me, it took 30 years, 30 years of my life to finally catch up to what God had already accomplished in me and to me at seven years old. And put put a name on that gravestone for the old, old man because he's dead and gone. The old sin-loving, sinful being in your sin, you is dead and gone in Christ. You're dead and gone. And so that's why identity is the issue. It's not a part of this. It's not just an important piece of it. It is the issue because how you see yourself now and what you believe about God, yourself, and others and how to deal with this addiction is 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 everything. Because now if you still believe that you um, are an addict and you're just going to be in recovery the rest of your life, you're gonna. Here's what you're gonna do. You're gonna do one of two things. Uh, if you believe that, you're gonna spend the rest of your lives either thinking that you're gonna one day give in to the addiction, or sometime give in to the addiction, or you're gonna spend the rest of your life trying not to give in to the addiction. Wow, that's not freedom. That's not freedom. Both of those are con- are confessions of believing that you're just an addict. And those beliefs will keep someone in bondage. I was in that for so long. I just really had the belief that I was going to, eventually, I was going to give in to pornography because that's just, that's the only way I knew. I didn't know Christ as my life, as my source. So I just thought, well, that's the only way I'm going to have to to relieve this ache in my soul is that I'm going to eventually give in to it. This is kind of how God made me. Uh, Or that once I began to get some, and I would stay away from the behavior all my focus was on now maintaining that and just like, okay, I've had seven days without it. I've had two weeks without it. I've had, and, and so my whole focus was on what do I need to do to stay away from it? And that wasn't freedom either. That wasn't free. And then maybe that's been your focus. And I want to say this lovingly and not out of condemnation, but if that's your focus on how many days of freedom you've had in the beginning, maybe you need that to celebrate, but the focus should be on the finished work of Christ. There has to be another way that we can live not out of those two ways. We live now by our identity, by the new creation, by the life that we have in Christ. That's the new way because he is the way. But I have to believe that's a choice. If I only think those are those first two options are my only options, and I don't think there's an option C or a third option, then I'm going to live out of those one of those two for the rest of my life. And I thought those were my only two options. I really did. I have to believe there's a 
you know, a lot of people are still spending their lives still trying to die to sin. A lot of Christians, a lot of people are still trying to die to the old self, to the to die to themselves. Well, and here's the question: How do you die to sin? Well, you don't. You've already died to sin. Romans six two. <laughs> You've already died it. So. So our identity and how you see yourself is is an issue of trust. It's an issue of belief. You won't always experience your new identity. And I know that sounds discouraging. You won't always. But the more you choose to believe it and God renews your mind, your experience will line up, I believe, because it has for me, will line up more with, and you'll be your feelings, feelings are neutral, remember, but your feelings will be now will be connected to believing truth. And that's where it's so important. And our identity, our, your identity originates from the, the fact that when you trusted Christ for salvation, you were co-crucified, co-buried, and co-resurrected with Christ. Through Jesus Christ, you did not just get forgiveness and eternal life. You got life right now. You got transformation in that moment. And so here's a couple of lies that you may still be believing about yourself. You may still be believing that your old self is just who you are. And it's not dead and gone. It's very much alive. Well, you need to know the truth that your old self was crucified with Christ. It's no longer you and you're no longer a slave to sin because you're dead to sin. Uh, Here's another lie. You may just say, well, I'm just going to tell myself, I'm just going to believe that I'm just going to struggle with this. And and, uh, I I I can't really do what I need to do. No, the truth can be, I can believe that my, my co-crucifixion and co-resurrection and co-burial with Christ made me a new creation, that Christ is now my life, and He will empower me to live in this freedom. Here's another lie. I just realized that my identity is my flesh or is my, my addiction or my behavior, and I'm just a sinner, and that's, that's just all I really want to do and all I can do. Well, no, the truth as I realize my true identity as a new creation, as a saint, as holy and blameless and righteous in Christ, as his much-loved son or daughter. That's who I am. I, here's another lie. I can believe that the enemy has this control over me, that the enemy is, is just, he's got this authority over me. And no, I understand that we, we can understand that, no, the Spirit of God has authority over us. That we're dead to sin. We're alive to God. The enemy, all he has is the ability to accuse and lie and deceive us. If we buy into it, sure, we've bought into the lie, but he has no authority over it. We've been sealed by the Spirit of God. And here's another belief. If I, if I believe that I just need to be able to focus on the sin of my life and be able to manage it and know how to fight it and know how it overcomes me and know how to deal with it, that I'll be, if I finally can figure out how to do that, then I'll get free. No, the truth is, is that you can actually count yourself dead to sin right now and free right now. You're free indeed. And you're alive to God. And, you, and how do we live now? We choose to live by faith. We choose to live by trust. We, live to, we choose to live by the truth of what God has already done. That's the difference between living in defeat and bondage versus living in freedom and in victory. It's nothing you do or don't do other than believing what is already true of you. You know, the world, even Christianity now, has, has come up with the answers. The man, we've start, we started talking about this from the very beginning. The answer that even now a lot of recovery programs is, there's, there's, there's a recovery program dealing with that issue, right? So it's, it's based mostly, I would say, mostly on 
even within Christian circles, mostly on what a person does or doesn't do. And there's always a program that can be out there that can that can be, you know, um, you know, that can pertain to behavior, but it's never going to be able to do what it really needs to do. It's only going to be able to maybe give temporary results. It's never going to give long-lasting transformation. Only Christ, by renewing your mind to the truth of how you see yourself and what He's accomplished, will do that. And the other part of that is the emphasis is always on what the person does or doesn't do and his ability to follow through. So what is it, what is that dependent upon? It's dependent on the person and having enough commitment, having enough resources, having enough uh, you know self-improvement, whatever that may be. So here, here's here's kind of the Christian answer in some ways. Christian, even Christian, uh, and I say this in love, I don't say this in condemnation because I tried all of this. So what we want to do is what's what's what do we want? We want to change our behavior. So let's let's just say we want to you know to give up pornography. We want to change our behavior. So what do we need to do? We need to have we need to be committed. We need to man up. We need to really get serious about this now, right? So think about this all as as just managing our behavior, managing our sin, right? So but that's what I, I've got to be committed. It's up to me. So the need is well, I gotta I gotta go out there. I gotta do what I need to do. I gotta stay away from what I need to stay away from. I gotta. I got to dart my eyes. I got to stay. I got to have an app on my phone. I got to. I got to really make sure I have my quiet times today. I got all those things. None of those are bad things in and of themselves. But it's still, it's all. Remember what the. Remember what the. What the. What the result is to change behavior and focusing on my commitment to do it, and then the result. Well, I, I just think the result's going to be self improvement, but it's nothing more than the flesh. Okay, so if I follow this program of these rules, these steps, these principles. Through what? My discipline, my commitment, my self-effort to do it, then what's going to happen? Well, the flesh is going to be, I think I'm going I'm to improve the flesh. I think I'm going to have change of behavior. But all it is may be a temporary change. All it is is up to me. It's up to me. And here's the truth that I want you to grasp as I wrap this up today is God's answer to any of this with addiction is always on what he has done not on what you're doing or not doing. His answer is not in giving you better ways to cope. His, not, his answer is not self-improvement. His answer is not in your commitment. His answer is not in you just doing the best you can to get by. It's always, his answer is always in the perfect and complete finished work of Christ. He doesn't give a partial answer for this. He set you free from it. But do you know, do you know the freedom that he gives, the freedom that he has given you already is already there. It's already happened, and it comes by placing our faith in the person of Christ and his finished work on the cross. This is not available in a program, in a recovery plan, in a set of rules or principles, or even your commitment. That's not available anywhere. I love this verse in 1 John 5, 4. It says, everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Do you, do you see that? Everyone who's born of God, are you born of God? If you're in Christ, you're born of God. You've overcome the world. You've already overcome it. And it says, this is the victory. Is even our faith, it says there at the end, our faith. Your victory is the, is the faith that you've placed in Jesus Christ for your victory. Now, does God's answer work? What's God's answer? Going back to man's answer versus God's answer, God's answer was the cross and resurrection totally changed the person at the core. 
you're already changed. What what ha- so what happened because of that? Your old man was was crucified, buried, dead and gone, and what was what was born, what was reborn was the new man, the new creation, new identity. So the result of what Jesus did on the cross and resurrection was a brand new you. And so the need now, what's the need in that? It's to believe that. It's to believe the truth of who we are. And then what happens is as we believe the truth, our minds renewed to how we see ourselves, our behavior will line up. That's what that's the inside out transformation that God has done and wants to continue to do. And now I believe, I'm now believing, I'm seeing myself the way God sees me. I'm 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 realizing I'm a new creation. I'm realizing I'm I'm I'm, I'm believing all these truths. And so here what is this the cross accomplished all of this. All of it by grace. And so we don't we haven't earned any of that by grace. It's all this is all through grace by faith. And so by grace we receive. We we we're simply the recipients of that. We believe it. He what he did for you on the cross is complete and finished. We do it by faith. We believe that you're dead. I believe I'm dead to sin, alive to God. I believe I'm a new creation. I believe the old man is dead and gone. And the Holy Spirit is in me. Now that's my dependence. That's my trust. I depend and trust on his life, the Spirit of Christ in me to do what? To give me, because I already am free, to give me the freedom because I already am free. And he, his life in me, as I choose to trust and depend on him, his life will produce the fruit of the Spirit. Not me producing the fruit. He will produce the fruit of the Spirit, which is what he created me to do and to live in freedom. And he will be the one to produce the good works, the fruit of the Spirit, freedom, all of that. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That's God's answer. And it's done. It's complete. It's finished. And how you see yourself, uh, I, I pray that I pray that God will continue to renew your mind to how you see yourself because the birthright of any child of God is one as a new creation, as one as the old man is dead and gone, as one as set free from the power of sin, as one of being holy and blameless and righteous and being brand new. That's who you are. That's who you are. And so I, I just I encourage you to believe the truth. And now as you believe the truth, you can act on it. Because still, I, I, as, as I was, most Christians, I believe, are unaware that the victory has been won and the freedom has been paid for. The freedom has been bought for us. And it was all given to us in Christ. He is the victory. He is the freedom. All Christians have that. We don't, but if we don't know it, we're still living out of a false identity. We're still living out of a someone who we're not. Full freedom, full deliverance, full victory from sin has already been, has already happened for you. And now our choice is to believe it, because if we don't feel victorious, so then what? Okay, let's just ask that question real quick. What happens if you don't feel victorious? What do you do? Well, we remember. We need to remember and set our minds, as Scripture would say, set our minds in that moment, even though we're not feeling it, and maybe though we're not acting on it. Remember in that moment, the Spirit's going to reveal, remember in that moment that victory is complete and triumph is total and freedom is complete in Christ in that moment. It doesn't, our, our feelings and our behavior don't change the truth of who we are. They don't change the truth for who we are. 
So embrace that today. Believe that today. Trust that today. Depend on his life in you because that is your freedom and that is the freedom journey. So I hope this encourages you today. Please reach out to us. We'd love to walk with you on your own freedom journey. We do one-on-one coaching and and mentoring uh, for that. We also have a new men's group coming up if you are interested in that. Also, we would love for you to pick up a copy of our new devotional. Uh, We've now written our second book, but our first devotional, it's called Free Indeed, a 31-day Freedom in Christ devotional. And what I try to do in that is is give you uh, little bit-sized pieces of freedom, (laughs) freedom nuggets of Scripture and truths about your freedom in Christ each day so you can kind of digest them in individual, uh, you know, just uh, daily devotionals. So uh, we'd love for you to pick up a copy of that and leave us a review on Amazon. That would so encourage us, I hear. So as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.